Can you hear me now? My dad passed away about 11 years ago, and so um, I would love to hug him right now. Um, There's something about a dad's hug, right? (laughs) Something about a dad's hug. Strong, you feel secure, you feel safe. There's nothing like a dad's hug. Moms are great, but I got to say, a dad's hug is is the best, and I miss that. Um, My dad was an awesome dad. I want to talk about him before I start. I don't really have a sermon, okay? I I like to just talk, so I'm just going to talk to y'all. I'm not not Miss Sermonette. I don't have that this morning. I'm just going to share my heart, and I'm going to talk to you this morning. But I do want to talk about my dad because I feel like I cannot get up here on Father's Day and not talk about my dad just a little bit because he was incredible, literally was incredible. So, Kevin, if you can show the first picture, I'm going to show a few pictures. Okay, that is me, the baby, um, with the big ears, and um, that is my dad, and he uh, was 43 when uh, that picture was actually taken. He was 43 when I was born, um, and we share the same birth month, so he was, he was 43, and that's my brother trying to get some attention because he felt like he needed it all the time. So, um, Daddy, a, a funny story about Dad is uh, I have three older brothers, and um, when I was born, they were 21, 19, and 6 years old. So, this is Greg, the six-year-old. Isn't he cute, though? He really is cute. And um, so, so when I, every time my mom would, uh, she was expecting my dad would say, this is going to be my brown-eyed girl, you know, and back then nobody knew. And I know some of you have heard this story, but some of you haven't. And so he'd say, this is going to be my brown-eyed girl. And they'd have a boy, and he had hazel eyes just like my dad. My dad was like, okay, okay. And so um, when she got pregnant at 40, and my dad was 43, she was devastated. And dad said, no, 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 Geneva, this is going to be our brown-eyed girl. We're going to get her. And she's, she's thinking, I don't even want her. I mean, seriously, she didn't. <laughs> she, I mean, we were very close, me and my mom, very close, and she was very thankful. But when she was expecting me, it, there was not a lot of joy. So um, she, she, when I was born and, and I was delivered uh, and he saw me and I had brown eyes, it was just about everything that he was looking for and he was about everything I was looking for. So he was my first love. So next picture. So dad tried to make me kind of boyish a little bit. Do you see that deer? Um, that was probably the only time we uh, ever even touched a deer. You can tell I'm kind of going like this. Um, he took me to a deer lease when I was older. Um, so I'd, I at least went one more time, I know. And he took me to a deer lease, and he sprayed stuff on me. It was urine. I'm not kidding. That's what you do. That is what you do when you go hunting so the deers don't smell you. And I had no idea what he was spraying on me. And he told me, and I was like, what? You sprayed what on me? And then we're up in the deer blind, and he sees this beautiful buck. And he's tell, he's whispering, Missy, there's a buck. Okay, Missy, just be quiet. Just be real quiet. And I'm going, oh. And he said, no, be quiet. Shh. And I was like, oh, Dad, you can't, you can't shoot him. And I started getting really upset, and the deer ran off. So I'm pretty sure that was the last time that I went. So he tried. Next picture. So this was my eighth grade. I was going to an eighth grade dance. I don't really remember this, but I know I remember the picture. But um, that was probably the first time that Daddy let me go anywhere. (sighs) Like, I don't think I had a date. I'm not really sure, but he let me go somewhere. Anyway, I got all fancied up, and Mom took a picture. So... Eighth grade dance. Okay, the next one. 
Okay, see what's in my dad's hands? <laughs> That's what he had in his hands as much as he could. He loved to fish. That, that truly was his passion, and he was really, really, really good at it. Um, Texoma Lake uh, asked to hire him to be a tour guide on the lake. That's how good he was. He was just a really, really good fisherman. So next picture. And I have that mandolin. I own that. I, got, I grabbed that up. Um, Daddy sang really well and wrote music, and he played the mandolin in, in church. And he was really good at it, wasn't he, Joe? Okay, the next one. Okay, so this is a picture that I want to share. Um, I don't talk a whole lot about my grandfather on the right um, playing the violin, and my dad's playing the guitar. And I have a little bit of memories of that happening. Next picture. So this is my mom and dad, and dad in his army uniform. Look at them. They're babies. They are literally babies. I think daddy was 18, and my mom was 15, and they had just gotten married. So, and then next picture. Okay, I just want to leave that one up. Does Kinsey look like him or what? Doesn't she look like my dad? Yes. Yeah, she really does. So, I want to leave that one up for just a second, and we'll do the scriptures, but I'll leave it up until we get to that. But I just wanted to talk about my dad for a little bit because he, he, he was amazing. Um, one of the things that um, I've shared with people, and when I share, I've shared it before, and when I said it, I was like, wait, is that really right? And I thought about it later after I said it, and I was like, no, that's, that is right. I feel very fortunate. I thought this was normal until I got older, but my dad, I don't remember a day that my dad didn't tell me he loved me. I don't remember a day without it, unless I have slept over somewhere or, you know, a sleepover with a girlfriend or if my dad was out on a trip or whatever. I, I know that every day I saw him, he told me he loved me. And I just thought that was normal. I really did. I didn't know anything different. I just thought that was normal. I thought that's what everybody did. And I realized when I got older that I was really blessed. Sorry, I miss him. But he was a great dad and a great papa to my kids. He sang um, songs to them. He sang the same song to them and danced them to sleep. And now Kenzie's singing those, that same song to her boys, and I think Lauren did too. So it's really sweet. We have a piece of him going on down the line. <laughs> but this morning, I, want, I love my dad, and I honor him. And this morning, I want to talk to you dads. Um, I want to talk to you. I know that on Mother's Day, and Joe and I switched this year. He did Mother's Day. I'm doing Father's Day, and I think that is brilliant. I'm sorry, but I do, <laughs> because I spoke a year ago on Mother's Day, and it was so hard. That weekend was so stressful, and I was trying to get ready, and it was just, it was so hard, and, and I didn't, honey, I'm sorry, you do that all the time. I know. I know you do that all the time, but I don't, so... But um, on Father's Day, I thought, well, I'll do Father's Day, and he can do Mother's Day, and that way we can really just enjoy the weekend. So we switched, and I think that's really good. Are you enjoying it, babe? Yes. Good. But what I don't want to do, what happens so many times on Mother's Day is we do this glorious service, and, you know, mothers just get glorified, and, and we should, I'm just saying. Um, so it's beautiful, and, it, and we're all, like, so happy, and it's wonderful. And then it seems like we get to Father's Day, and sometimes it feels like we beat fathers up a little bit. Do you agree? Fathers, do you agree that it can feel that way a little bit? So 
what I don't want to do today is I don't want to beat you up today or any day, actually. Fathers, we want to honor you, and we want you to feel encouraged when you leave here. We want you to feel loved on when you leave here this morning. So that is my goal. Now, I do have a challenge somewhat for you, but here's, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about fathers, and I thought, you know, it's, it's almost fitting to challenge fathers at some level because fathers are so important. You realize that? Fathers are so important. You can't really go, um, you can't have a Father's Day without thinking about some kind of challenge. I mean, that's what men like anyway. They like challenges. So, um, but you're important. You're very vital to the family. And so if it feels like I'm challenging a little bit, I probably am, but I'm going to encourage you mostly. So I am going to start out with, um, we'll go ahead and put the scripture up in 1 Timothy 6. 12. I'm going to have to put my glasses on. Doesn't that stink? Getting old. Okay, so God, God's Word tells us to fight the good fight of faith. We are called to be spiritual warriors in God's kingdom, and we're soldiers in the army of God. We all are, but I'm going to talk to you dads today. You are soldiers in the army of God. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Paul is saying this to Timothy. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So Paul is charging Timothy. Paul was like a father figure to Timothy, wasn't he? Um, He was like a father figure and he was challenging him to fight the good fight of faith. And God has called us, but he's called you dads to do the same thing, to be spiritual warriors in God's kingdom a soldier in the army of God. That's pretty incredible. Think about that for a second. A soldier in the army of God. That means we have a mission. You have a mission by God. The purpose, let's talk about the purpose of an army. What, what do we have an army for? What do we have an army in the United States for? What do we have it for? Well, mainly to defend our freedom and liberty. But it's the same thing in God's army, isn't it? That we need to defend our liberty and our freedom. So it's the same thing. That's what an army is. And without them, without our military in the U.S., US, we could live under a communist rule or something like that. But also, without the army, the men of God, without the army of God, men and women, we could live under the rule of Satan, but we don't because we have the victory and we're in the army of God. So it's the same thing. Jesus already came into this world and defeated the enemy and sin. He already defeated it for us. We just have to walk in the victory. But here's the deal. Even though the victory's been won, unfortunately, there is an enemy, and he's still on the earth, and he roams about, and he seeks who he can devour. And unfortunately, we're going to have to contend with him a little bit longer until we meet Jesus, right? So that's why we need an army. That's why we need men to be in the army of God. Our fight is a fight of faith. And we must walk in the victory because we have the victory. Say amen if you believe that we have the victory. And the battle's already been won. So my dad, show that picture again, was in the army. And yes, he fought for our country, but he also fought, fought for his faith and our family. Now, I was thinking about dad. Now, you saw that picture of my grandfather My grandfather was just not a good man. Sadly, I have to say, he just was not a good man, and he was not a good father at all. He wasn't a father. He um, 
he just was not there for, um, he had three sons, one passed away at 16, so I never met him, but he just was not a good father. He was never there for my dad. My grandmother was a godly woman, and my, my dad did have a godly aunt and uncle, but his father was, he was terrible. He was a womanizer. He was an alcoholic, and he just didn't love my dad. I don't think he knew how to really love Um, I don't know what his story is, but evidently, you know, he has a story. Um, And that's probably the why, the reason that he behaved the way he did. Um, And he didn't know Jesus. So we tried, or they tried, but he didn't know Jesus. So daddy was pretty closed when it came to my grandfather. He, He had to work through some forgiveness. So we didn't talk about my daddy a whole lot. I mean, my grandfather a whole lot. Um... But what I began to think about was my daddy fighting the fight of faith and the fight for our family. Because a lot of us in here could say, a lot of you in here could say, I didn't have a good example for a father. My father wasn't there. I didn't have a good example. But my dad is a testimony of how you can overcome that. When he found Christ, he overcame that. And my dad was the best dad I could have ever asked for. So don't let the enemy lie to you. I know that my dad had to fight through some lies of the enemy that told him, you're not a good dad. You don't know what it's like to be a dad. You were not loved. I'm sure that he had to fight through fights of God doesn't love you. Um, Your earthly father didn't love you. I'm sure he fought through, does God really love me? So there... I look back now, have you thought about that, Joe? I look back now and I think, wow, what my dad probably had to fight through spiritually to be the dad that he was. So he fought in the army, but dad, you fought for me too. Sorry, I love him. You know what, dad? Satan is fighting against you too, because here's the deal. He does not want you to lead your family to Christ. And he does not want you to be a fighter for Christ. He does not. But you know what? You're going to be. You're going to be. I read an article. And you know what? It's a, it is a fight because this world is definitely not father-friendly. <laughs> and we have to stand up for fathers and keep them strong because we need them. Oh, how we need fathers do we, would you agree? Say amen. We need fathers, strong, godly fathers. So here I read an article by Scott Brown. I don't know who Scott Brown is, but I know that this article is really good. So hello, Scott. So here's what he said. He said, the devil hates the family because he hates the gospel of Christ. And now listen to this, what he said. A mangled marriage communicates a mangled gospel. Think about that. An unloving, selfish husband declares a loveless faith and lies about Christ for the church. An unsubmissive wife represents the falsehood of an antinomian church, which is a lawless church. I had to look that word up, y'all. I'm not that smart. So a rebellious child mirrors a disobedient individual child of God. The devil is on a mission, he says. He's hell-bent to destroy the glory of God and his everlasting kingdom wherever it exists. So he aims at the most important target, the gospel. The gospel is the devil's bullseye because it reveals the seed of the woman who crushed the serpent's head at Calvary. Wow, isn't that a powerful statement? So, so the enemy 
his number one aim is the gospel. He does not want the gospel to go out at all, ever. And you have been called into this army for a purpose, and it's God's purpose. His purpose is for us to walk as children of light and to declare, declare the good news of the gospel wherever we go. And here's the part that I want you to grab hold of because it's Father's Day. You share the gospel, Father, through your family. Do you realize that? You shine the light of Christ through your family. And so that is part of sharing the gospel. And Satan wants to stop it as much as he can. So we're not going to let him, right? Amen. The enemy is going to try to stop you, but he does not have the authority to stop you. And he will try to hinder you by any means possible. But it's, it's not a battle. Now think about this, dads. <laughs> and moms, but dads. It's not a battle that you can go through without knowing what it's like to stand when all seems lost. How many times have you thought, as a father, I've lost my child. This child is rebellious. This child won't listen to me. This child has no desire for God. My wife is struggling with this, because, and now we're fighting with this, and it just seems like this battle and you can feel like all is lost sometimes. And you can feel like throwing in the towel and thinking, what is it even worth it? But it is worth it. And you know what? When, in those times, you just need to stand. You need to stand in your faith and stand firm. And you need to pray like crazy. Paul wrote to Timothy. And he encouraged him to not grow weary and to fight the good fight of faith. A fight is a fight that you, that you win if it's a good fight, right? If it's a bad fight, you lose. If it's a good fight, you're going to win. So he's encouraging us. So we should never give up because we're going to win. As long as we're in the army of God, we win. There's no doubt. So never give up. Never, never give up. The stakes are too high, and your children especially need to see you fight. Your kids need to see you fight spiritually. They need to see it. Let them witness it. Let them witness you speaking in another tongue through your, through your house and praying over them. Let them witness that. Let them see you battle in the spirit. That is powerful to your children, powerful, even if they don't even act like they care. They see it. And dad's quitting is never an option, never, 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 never an option. You can never quit, never quit. Say, I won't quit. Right. No matter what the circumstances, you are not defeated. And Paul said this, and I love this. He says, God always causes me to triumph in Christ, Christ Jesus. Always. When you stick to God, you win. Okay, but what, and I thought this was so, uh, so cool because when uh, Michael and, and Keith were up here, and he said, I was standing in the back, and he said, we're teaching on the armor of God today. And I thought, well, Holy Spirit, aren't you cool? Because that is part of what I wanted to focus on is I can tell you to fight the good fight of faith, but what does the Bible say? How do we do that? Because we need to be equipped, right? So how are we equipped? By the armor of God. Yes, soldiers go into battle with proper training. Now, let me tell you something. Our U.S. military is not going to go into a battle untrained. Do you agree? Oh, my goodness. There's no way. There's not a chance. These guys are so trained, and they are so equipped. They have everything they need. They have a plan. They know exactly what to do, absolutely know what to do. They go in fully prepared. Well, so should we, dads. Dads, you should go in the spirit, in, in battle. You should go fully equipped. And how we do that is the armor of God. So we need to receive training. You must be prepared. 
Ephesians 6, let's put that scripture up, Kevin, Ephesians 6, 13 through 18, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the, in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand, therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Do you see how you're prepared here? And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to do this, to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Dads, I encourage you to study the armor of God, to be equipped. Now, listen, Keith and Michael are teaching the children over there about the armor of God. Maybe they can just teach y'all. How about that? Kids can tell (laughs) y'all. But study it. Study the armor of God. It is what you have to defeat the enemy. We've been given God's armor to defend ourselves in battle, to take back what has been purchased for us. Dads, you are equipped, fully equipped. Satan doesn't want us to walk in victory that we already have. Do you understand, Dad? You may feel less than. You may feel like, I don't have what it takes. I don't don't know how to do this. Maybe you're an older dad and you made a lot of mistakes and now you really don't even know how to go back to your child and to even, you know, Maybe make amends or whatever needs to be done. Maybe you don't know how to do that. But you know what? God knows. God knows and he's equipped you to do that. And he will help you to do that. So dads, don't ever give up. Don't ever, ever get up. give up no matter how young or old you are. We have the victory. God's given it to us. And keep the faith. And you know what? Here's the deal. We know that battles are going to come. It's not if they come, it's when they come. They're going to come. And if you're not in one now, you will be. And if you are in one now, it'll, it'll subside at some, you know, some point. But here's the deal. It's human nature. We all do this. When we're not in a battle, we tend to just kind of lay back, right? We, try, we, we don't really intend to, but we do, right? We, we get a little comfortable, and we maybe, you know, we're, we're on the ride of the good ship right now. You know, we're doing good, smooth sailing. If you're in the Navy, smooth sailing, nothing, nothing ahead. And you feel, you know, just feel good. And so what can happen is sometimes we can lay down our armor, and the enemy, let me tell you, he doesn't sleep. He doesn't, he doesn't, he looks for those opportunities. Just like a lion in waiting, he looks for those opportunities when you lay something down and he says, well, that's where I can hit them. And so what Paul says here in 2 Timothy 2, 3 through 5, yes. He says this, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. There's a key right there. If you're in, if you're in warfare, don't worry about this life because it's temporary. Don't get entangled in it. That, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Who's enlisted us? God has enlisted us. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. So there's things we got to follow. God has given us things that we need to follow. And so that's important too. But isn't that encouraging? Because he says, 
Therefore, endure. And so if we keep the faith, if we walk this walk, it is a walk, guys. It's a walk. And if we walk this walk and we walk it in victory, we will be able to endure, not if, but when the battles come, right? And here's another thing I wanted to key on, and this is really important. You know, Joe had a bunch of men at the house last night, and um, it really blessed me because it's really good to come together. Women, we're going to, too. I have that. I'm working on that. But it's really good to come together because you know what you realize? You realize you're not alone. You're not alone in this battle. And it's really good when we come together. And Jesus, we're never alone. Jesus is always with us. But it's also good to know that we're not alone as you guys, as brothers, right? And as sisters, we're not alone in this. So we have each other. In Ephesians 4, uh, chapter 4, 3 through 16, and I'm going to read this. I wasn't going to read it, but I'm going to. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called, and in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But to teach one, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended. What does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, and that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from the whole body joined and knit together by what by what every joint supplies, according to the effective work by which every part does its share, causes growth for the body and for the edifying of itself in love. Do you see how we're knit together, guys and, and, and girls? We are knit together. We are a body, and we need each other to grow and to stay strong in our faith. We need each other. So, you know, some men have a harder time with that, and some men don't. But I would encourage you, if you have a hard time with that, find someone, find another brother in the church that you can share life with, that you can either mentor or be mentored by. Really, you should be doing both. You should be mentoring someone, and someone should be mentoring you. So find someone in the church. We've got some great men, and men, I want to applaud you because you are. I'm so proud of all of the men in this church and so honored to be able to be a part of the family that we are. So I want to encourage you in that. We are the body of Christ, and we are in this together. This is encouraging for me. Are y'all encouraged about that? I know I am. So we should build, and let's just, I just want to say this one thing. We should build one another up, and we should be very mindful not to do anything that would tear one another down. So because we are together, we do have to be careful that 
our actions don't tear one another down, but that we build one another up because we are much stronger together, aren't we, than we are alone. So I wanted to encourage you today, fathers, and I think I went really fast, but I'm not sure. But I want to encourage you, fathers, that you are, you are in a walk uh, to fight the good fight in a walk of faith. That's what it is. You're in a walk of faith. And in your family, honestly, is the best way that you can honor God. It really is. It is the best way that you can honor God to raise your family, to love your wife, to love your children and raise your family, to love Jesus and to share the gospel. Because then you're just sending out, you're sharing the gospel and then they are going to share the gospel, right? That's how that works. And so I wanted to encourage you in, in that. And I wanted to encourage you that you have, with the armor of God, you have everything you need to fight the battle. You're not alone. You're not alone. And you're strong because God is strong. And he never leaves us. Isn't he a good father? He is such a good father. So, Joe, I'm going to have you come and pray for the dads this morning. And I just want you to know that Joe and I love you all very much. And we are here for all of you. She did good, didn't she? Come on. Amen. I want you to stand. Musicians, would you come? You know, G. Campbell Morgan had four sons, and some of you recognize that name. He was a great British expositor. He actually came to America and preached around America. He had four sons, and all of those four sons became preachers, great preachers. And one day they were sitting down with, with Dr. Morgan and his four sons, and the interviewer asked the question, which one of you Morgans are the best preacher? And every one of them at one time said, Mom, <laughs> she did great today. And we do feel encouraged and we do feel challenged. I'm not going to have you come to the altar, but I want you to make an altar in your heart right there. And I, I feel quickened to pray a certain thing. And my mind goes to the story of the three Hebrew young men the three Hebrew men and they had to make a choice and it had it was it was going to cost them something I mean it was a big choice and it was this capture this word it was a courageous choice either either bow to the idol worship the idol or burn and everyone else was kind of going with the flow. I mean, you know, most in our culture just go with the flow. They want to be accepted by many times the wrong people. Well, I want to be accepted by God. How about you? Come on. I want to hear well done and good and faithful servant. And, and when you say yes to Jesus, many times that means the world frowns on you. So we have to make a choice. And it, it really is a courageous choice. I can remember one time as a young man in high school, and uh, I'm, I'm going to be careful with this because I certainly haven't made all the right choices, nor have any of us, but I did on this day. And now you can say, you know, you should have done this and that. Well, I did what I did. And what I did was I had given my heart to Christ and radically saved, which I don't know if there's anything else besides radical salvation. I think radical, what we call radical salvation is just normal salvation. Come on, as you read the Word of God. It's just, it's, it's surrendering to who Jesus is. 
And I'd done that, and I had been filled with the Holy Spirit and called to ministry. And I knew what the life that I had in the world, and it was an empty life, and I didn't want to do that life anymore, and I was done with that life. And this may seem like a simple thing to you, and this may seem to you like it was a little unreasonable, and I was being hard-headed, and I was being a little stubborn, but I just felt what I felt. So here I am at a secular high school, a large high school, secular high school, and, and the teacher said, we're going to the assembly. And then, you know, I was like, okay, we're going to the assembly. Well, what I didn't know what was going on in the assembly is it was going to be a rock show. You know, now I know a lot of Christians today live with one foot in the world and one foot in the church, and they think it's cool. They do. They go to church on Sunday, and they check the Sunday box off. Then they go out, and they live just like the world does, and they feel like everything's good. Well, I'd gotten saved, really saved. And so I found out what they were going to do. This band came in, and they were going to be playing all the music. Now, I'm not ta- now listen, I'm not talking about folk music. I'm not talking about even you know, whatever, just music, music, whatever. You know, there's some music, just music. It's not bad, just music. But this was bad music. You got the difference? This was all the old music that I used to listen to. Satanic, it was bad. And I told my teacher, I'm not going. There him, all my, all my, all my, you know, all the classmates were in there. I was going to look like a stupid fool. But I didn't care because I had a choice to make. And I told my teacher, I'm not going. I don't want to listen to that. Didn't tell her why, but I just said, I'm not going. So kind of we kind of little going back and forth there. And she said, and then she said, I, it, it dumbfounded her. She said, what are you going to do? I thought, well, you're the teacher. What are you going to do? I said, I'm just going to sit here. I'll sit here and read. I'm telling you the truth. I, and so I just sat there. All those kids filed out to the show. I just sat there looking like a stupid fool to the world. I did look like a fool. Say, were you a little embarrassed? Yeah. Yeah, it was hard. Pride thought, man, looking like an idiot in here. But I sat there in that class and looked like a fool to Jesus. But here's what I wonder today, dads, and we're going to close in prayer. I wonder how many of those kids filed out and went to do what everybody else was doing, how many of them today have a good marriage? How many of them have children that love God, love the Word of God, pray in the Holy Ghost, live godly lives, have good normal marriages, have good jobs, wonder where those people are today? I can tell you, many of them probably got on the right road. Some of them got on the right road. Most didn't get on the right road. Why? It takes courage. It takes courage to get up on a Sunday morning and have no options but one. We go to church on Sunday. Now, the compromiser says, yeah, we go one out of three or three, you know, whatever, three out of four. I had a pastor tell me, he said, the people in our church that used to come four weeks now come three. Those that used to come three come two. Those that used to come two come one. And those that used to come one week now come maybe, maybe every other month. But it takes courage to say, we're going to church on Sunday. It takes courage to say, we're going to be in the Wednesday night Bible study. It takes courage to say, the church has three prayer meetings a week, can't make them all. I'm going to make at least one with with my family and my children. Can't make one a week, I'm going to make one every other week. Can't make one, I'm I'm, going to make one a month. It takes a commitment. I found this in my life. People have time to do exactly what they want to do.
Now, we've really, in the, in the, in the, especially in the Metroplex, we've lost Sunday night church. Most churches, we don't have Sunday night anymore. Can I tell you this? I used to sit down. When, when, no, when, when nobody would come anymore to a Sunday night, I literally, this is so sad, I used to go sit by myself in that sanctuary down there. And I would sit there and weep and grieve that there wasn't more hunger in the house of God. I just sat, although I was an empty sanctuary, I just sat in there and weep and cry because there wasn't the hunger. We used to go to church. They used to schedule revivals for two weeks, and everybody would come, drag their kids along, and now we've got 9,000 things pulling at us. But listen, we can't say yes to everything. We can't say yes to everything and throw Jesus in too. When we say yes to Jesus, we're going to build our families. We're going to build our marriages. We're going to build strong kids. We're going to build more kids. We're going to build a strong church. You have to say no to a lot of things. And you know what it takes? Courage. 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 And here's what the Hebrew says. Now, she preached the good part. I'm probably preaching the bad part now. But I feel this today in my spirit. O king, we are not careful to answer thee. Because we've already made our decision. Because our God's able. Come on. Our God's able. Our God's able to deliver us. Our God's able to bring us out. Our God's able to heal us. Our God's able to save us. Our God's able to bless us. Our God's able to turn around. Our God's able. No question about it. No question about it. Our God's able. God's going to bring us out. But, but, just perhaps, if in His sovereign will for our lives, He chooses not to bring us out, but he chooses to let us burn up in the fire. But if not, we still won't bow to your idol. If God chooses not to deliver us, we choose not to bow. But why? Because we have a but if not faith. So dads today, we need to have that courage to serve God. When I was in high school, I'd already been saved. I didn't serve Jesus on Sunday. Had a girl ask me to a keg party one time. Sorry, her name was Melissa too, but I got the right Melissa here. That Melissa was the devil Melissa. This is the heavenly Melissa right here. She did ask me to go to a keg party, but I didn't know. I said, let's go out to the lake. All the kids are going to be at the lake. And she said, I said, well, what are they going to be doing out there? She said, oh, I think they're going to be having a keg party. I said, I don't drink. I don't do that anymore. She said, you can just hold one in your hand and pretend like. I thought, who wants to please people like that? I thought, devil woman, get behind me. And you know what? I never wanted to talk to her again. Get behind me, woman. I was like, Job, get behind me, you foolish woman. Never called her again. Anybody that leads you down that is not your friend. So let's, we're going to pray. Love you, dads. So, so great to have you at our house last night. And want to do that again sometime just to hang out. But I want to pray for courage. For courage to say yes on Sunday morning. Courage to say yes to tithe. Yes to prayer. Yes to witnessing. Yes to winning souls. Courage. Are you ready for that courage?
Come on. I feel that today. Man, I wish I had preach. I'm feeling this right now, sister. Took my sermon this morning. I'm ready to preach. You say you are, but I need to. Somebody say, well, let my people go. It's time to eat lunch. We want to be that Joshua and Caleb. That Caleb, the Bible said there was no one like Joshua and Caleb. Here's what it says of them, and I'm closing. He fully or wholly followed the Lord. Wholly followed the Lord. You know what? Dads, you're God's starting place. When God wanted to start a, uh, uh, a human race, He started with a man. When God wanted to start a nation, He started with a man, Abraham. When God wanted to start a church, He started with a man, the man, Christ Jesus. I'm so grateful for the ladies in this church, the women of God. You're amazing. But I'm going to tell you, there's no strong church without a strong men in that church. There's no strong families without strong men. I can tell you, they can be kind of strong. And, and I've seen single mothers, when the dad checked out, do great things and raise great kids. Yes, but how much stronger when men are leading? Come on, ladies. How, strong men. The Bible said the young men in, in, in 1 John 2, they were strong because the Word of God dwelt in them. How about let's be the church? Let's lead, men. Come on, let's lead in prayer. Let's lead in holy. Let's, let's lead in soul winning. Let's lead in vision. Let's lead in courageous living. Let's lead in faith. And let's lead this church forward to its destiny. The devil's tried to kill it time and again, but he shall not do it in Jesus' name because that river is going to flow off this property and it's going to touch those hundreds of thousands of cars and lives that are in those cars. And it's going to happen through godly, strong courageous men. Quiet yourself like men, the old King James says. And just when you've done all to stand, here it is, about to pray. When you've done all to stand, all hell is being against you. The devil's lying to you. He's attacked your finances, attacked your marriages, attacked your children, etc. And all of a sudden, when you've done all to stand, you stand. Trusting God in the storm. And, and you stand and you watch God. Bring the miracle. Father, today, so grateful for the men, for the, for the fathers, first of all, the strong fathers that are in this church. I pray for these dads. God, I know they carry a load. And Lord, I thank you for not only for these dads, I thank you for these young men. I thank you for those, those, those young men that are, that are married but don't have children yet, but yet they will have children, and you're training their hearts to be men of courage. And so, Lord, I pray for that courage. Jesus was so courageous. Lord Jesus, how courageous you were. They were mocking you. They were putting nails in your hands and your feet and a crown of thorns down upon your brow. And yet you took it and said, not my will, but thine be done. God, you, Jesus, you didn't open your mouth, but you stood and remained strong and you remained courage, courageous because your heart was to do the Father's will in being our Redeemer. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
And Lord, I pray for the grace and the courage in every, per, every man's heart in this room, that we would be strong men of God. We know that on our own, we're weak. On our own, we give in to our propensities. But in you, we're strong men. In you, we're self-controlled men. In, your, in you, Lord Jesus, we have vision for your kingdom. And we want to fulfill your purposes. Now I want you to lift your hands. All the men, just lift your hands. Come on, just surrender to him today. That's, that's the way to, to, to tie this off. Just surrender to him. I give myself to you. Maybe there's some sin struggles in your life. We've all had those sin struggles. Don't let the devil beat you up. Just go ahead and give it to Jesus. Come on, give it to Jesus today. Lord, I give you my struggle. I'm yoked with you, and you're carrying the greater load today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Could we sing one song as we conclude this? Could we just sing something?